You are now listening to Pursuit Cast, the official podcast of Pursuit NYC. May it be an encouragement to you today and stir your soul for revival. Something that I've been really struggling with, uh, that I've been really wrestling with, and um, is is fear. Fear has been um, fear has been. Um, for the last, I'm, I'm 27 years old, so for for a big chunk of my life, I feel that fear has been robbing my life away. Fear has been taking my life away. I mean, in fact, I boiled down this idea of fear to to this statement that says, "Living living life in fear will only take your life away." Because I feel like I feel like this life isn't long enough to be living in fear, to being, to being oppressed in fear. Um, but I want to I say that the opposite of living in fear is not rebellion. Because I feel like in the, in the United States here, we have this culture of rebellion, right? The, the, like, even, even with uh, Independence Day, and even with, uh, I, think, I think U.S., the, the the soccer team, um, the, their nickname is the the rebels, right? That's that's something that's been like in us in the United States here. We're 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 known as like rebels, or we go we go against the authority here. But I don't I don't want to say that the opposite of fear is rebellion. But the but I say the opposite of living, uh, the opposite of living in, in fear is tr- is living in truth. So. Um, Living in truth of God's word brings life. It brings us to the full capacity that God has called us to. You know, I say this because, because for me, I've been, I've been living in fear, operating in fear a lot, of, a, a big part of my life. I mean, I grew up, I was born in Minneapolis, um, up, up north, up north where, where, uh, where it's cold and it's like eight months winter and two months of summer and then every other month is or uh, it's like I don't know muggy and lots of mosquitoes and construction stuff like that but that's where I was born but I grew up a part of my life in Lancaster Pennsylvania um, if you guys been out to Lancaster Pennsylvania there's absolutely nothing up there like the city of Lancaster's it's it's a it's a pretty nice city there's like you know sketchy areas and stuff but I actually didn't even live in Lancaster. I lived like 20 minutes out of Lancaster. So it's like, yeah, second sounds right there. But Lancaster is uh, out where I lived in Gordonville. It was out in the farms. Um, we lived in a trailer house in the country. Like that's how I thought like people lived growing up. And um, my parent, my parents, they came to the states here in '87 after Vien- after the Vietnam War. Um, you know. Uh, they experienced a lot of hardship and tragic and loss, and uh, many of their friends and family died right in front of them. And so, uh, growing, so coming here to the states, you know, a foreign land, they the the only thing that they wanted to do was to to keep us away from, uh, to keep us safe. So they moved us out to the country. We grew up with Amish people, with Mennonites. We went to the school where it was like in the middle of the farm, you know, and or in the middle of the countryside, and and that's just how we. We grew up, um, and we always lived in fear because, like, with my parents, like, we didn't have a, a lot of money, but my parents, they're always like, 
oh, you can't do this because we don't want you to get hurt. You can't do that because we don't have enough money. You can't do this because of this. We, you can't do that. And that's just how we, we were raised, right? And so all we knew was we, you know, we went to school, came back, did our homework, um, cleaned the house, worked around the house, cut the grass, stuff like that, um, and we went to church. That was, that was pretty much my whole life growing up. We didn't have a video game. We didn't have a Christmas tree growing up. Like, we didn't have any, all that stuff. Like, we had a TV, and then that was it. A telephone, and that was it. And so, that was pretty much my whole life growing up. And so, like, in that, I was always living in fear of, like, okay, so, if I'm going to learn how to drive, oh, man, like, what, what am I going to do? How am I going to save my money for this and, uh, you know, buy a car and all that stuff? And, and you know, like, the thing is that, like, I'm not, I'm not putting the blame on my parents because I think... I've already done that, and I think I've already grieved through that, but it's just, it's just this idea of like, what's safe for me? And then I realized that I've been living in this, this, um, this, this oppression of fear for, for my whole life, for all my actions, all my thoughts that I do is, is out of being safe, being comfortable, being convenient <clears throat> and not putting shame on my family, you know. And so, um, for um, for some of us, that's how we operate our life too, you know. So afraid to step out of the comfort zone that we won't go anywhere unless we know the full details, we know the full assurance. That we know that we know that there is hope on the other side. That we 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 think that we we think that we're putting faith into something when we know the result already, and that's that's what that's what we that's what we believe, and and sometimes God gives us that result. Sometimes God gives us the answer already, and He's just like, I'm going to walk you through this, and it's going to suck, but you're going to have to go through it, and you're going to have to trust in me. And so, one of the things that I love about um, the Old Testament, there's so many people in here that that's relatable to us, that's relatable to me. And so, one of the so so today, the scripture that I've been I've been resting on, I've been the story that I've been listening, I've been reading, I've been studying, um, is the story of Gideon, the the man who who doubted God the most. Like, even, like, you know how we say, like, doubting Thomas. You're such a doubting Thomas or whatever, you know? But I think the, the word would be, you're such a doubting Gideon. Because I think Gideon, he was the most, God gave him all these promises. And he was, like, God's like, I guarantee, like, he's like, hey, you you will beat these Midianites. You will beat these Midianites. You will, you will defeat these Midianites. I will, I will release you from the, from from this oppression. But still, Gideon's like, "Oh God, show me a sign. Oh God, where are you? Is it true?" And and the the, the relatable thing that I I've, I've come to realize this is that Gideon was always he was always he's been living he's been so comfortable in living in oppression that 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 he would rather choose to live in fear than to step out of fear. Because out, outside of fear, he didn't know what it was like to live outside of fear. And so, 
And outside of fear where freedom is, he wasn't willing to step out, out of there because he doubted God, that he wasn't trusting in God. And so, um, but graciously, you know, God is bigger than that. I mean, I say if the gospel was hinged on our actions alone, then I think the church would cease to exist. I, mean, I love the story of Gideon because over and over again, he, he allowed fear to speak louder than God's promise, but God, was, God still dragged him along. So if you have your Bible, um, the book of Judges, right? The book of Judges, chapter 6, we're just going to look at um, um, this short scripture, uh, verse 11 through 17. If you have your Bible, um, if you don't, just listen along. But this is the beginning of the call of Gideon, right? So that, uh, I'm going to read on uh, verse 11, chapter 6, verse 11. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the, terab- uh, the terebinth of Orphra, which belonged to Joash the Abizrite, while his son Gideon was beating out weeds in the winepress to hide from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, Please, sir, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where where are all his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian. And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do I not send you? And he said, Please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest, weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, But I will be with you, and ye shall strike the Midianites as one man. And he said to him, or, Oh, actually, stop there, 16. And so, <clears throat> so we look at this, right? So just, just to understand what's going on here, the book of Judges, you see, you see that this repetition over and over again of the Israelites, they're, 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 li- they're doing well, there's peace in this world, and then or the peace, there's peace in the land, and then they get, you know, they become too prideful, they become, a, they, you know, the, they become um, too comfortable. They start doing things on their own. They start turning away from God. And, and afterwards, then God, God would allow their sins to, um, to take them into captivity. So allow, allow other nations to come and conquer them. And then they become oppressed. And then after a while, they would, they would turn back to the Lord. And, they would, and then God will send them a judge. And his judge will come and save them. And then afterwards, peace in the land again. And then this repetition of of, of, of um, sinning and then being oppressed and then this uh, calling out to God and you see this over and over and over in the book of Judges, right? But it's interesting in the, in the, in the story of Gideon, like you read about all these judges and these guys, they were like, they were so, like, they were so badass. Like, they, you know, like they were so, like just their, just their resume, like the things that they did, like they were just like, these guys you didn't want to mess with. But Gideon, he was this, he, he, he sounded like this guy who like, couldn't even carry a sword, you know? 
he sounded like I mean he 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 could have been this you know muscular guy, but he sounded like the way that he talked, the way that he doubted. He reminds me of if you guys watch Friends, he reminds me of Ross. You know, <laughs> like like Ross is this guy that like like he's he's always like doubting himself. He's always like like so like he's he's like kind of dorky sometimes too, and he's he's this nerd who you know who loves like dinosaurs and stuff like that's who he reminded me of because every time there was confirmation every time there was promises that God gave him he he questioned God right away like like Moses Moses questioned God like the first time but this Gideon he questioned God over and over and over again he tested God over and over again and I, I don't understand why God had had enough patience for him but God was still able to use him so again, so during this time, the judges, uh, the time of the judges, the Israelites, they were sinning against God, right? And so, um, in the beginning of chapter six, it says they did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord gave them to the hand of Midian seven years, right? Seven years, and this was seven long years. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's 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 interesting. It's interesting because, you know, whenever like God blesses us, like He He gives us something. Like we find that security in God, and then we we start to rely on that security. I mean, just just thinking about this recently, I was I, I was able to to start my first like 401k, which is which is crazy because I'm 27 years old, but I've been in school all my life, and I've did, done internship, and I worked with churches and stuff, so I didn't really have to think about all that stuff. And my HR like at the other church, like they did everything for me. But this time, I actually got to sit down. And I had to talk to them about, okay, this is how much I'm going to save for my retirement. Uh, this is the package of benefits I want and all that stuff. And it was, it was definitely a blessing to the Lord because after I turned 25, my dad's like, sorry, you're not under our insurance anymore. You have to find your own insurance. And so afterwards, I started thinking about, like, I'm just thinking about jobs. Or I, I, I'm, start, I'm starting to think about, like, different jobs. And all I can think about is, okay, what are the benefits? What are the benefits? What are the packages that they have for me? And 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 even after God has blessed me, like it's it's boiled it, it's like it's boiled down to, okay, what are the benefits for me? And then I think I'll choose that job. And I feel I feel like I feel like I feel like sometimes like I'm I'm like these Israelites where where I'm like calling out to God, I'm in debt, help me find a job, and like God like gives me a job. Okay, God, give me some benefits. Okay, here, here's some benefits. Okay, God, I'm bored at this job now. Help me find another job with good benefits, with with you know, with good insurance and with you know, with good pay, all that stuff. And 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 here, here the Israelites, like that's what happened over and over and over again. And and you see that while in this oppression, Gideon. Gideon, he was hiding in the wine press to to beat out to beat the wheat and beating the wheat. So so you take like they would gather the weeds and they would like uh, break the, the the chaff from it and then and then they would have to like uh, I don't I don't know how to say it in English, but they would have to like throw it throw it into the air and let the let the wind let the wind take the chaff away. <laughs> but 
but but the th but the thing was that he was in this wine press. He was hiding from the Midianites because the Midianites, like every time when they would gather all the food, the Midianites would come and take all the food and then go away. And so they would just they were just being bullied. And so at this time, the Israelites they were hiding in caves. They were hiding in the mountains away from the Midianites, so that so that whenever um, the Midianites came, they would just hide in the caves that they wouldn't uh, they wouldn't have to deal with them, right? So here is Gideon hiding in the cave and the angel of the Lord says the angel of the Lord comes and says the Lord is with you oh mighty man of Baylor like it's 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 ironic that he says this because how is Gideon a mighty man like what the what the heck is he doing he's hiding he's hiding in the cave away from away from his enemies trying to to gather food for him and his family and here here the Lord has already spoken truth over him this promise over him and, and but but Gideon, what he does right away is he rejects it. And he points his finger to God and he says, God, where where is this Lord? Please, sir. If the Lord is with us, why is he why has all this happened to us? But he didn't even realize that the reason why the reason why we feel like this, our people are oppressed, is because we've left God. We've ran away. We've turned from God. But he didn't even address that. He was so angry, so bitter at God. He said, "He said, where where is the Lord? I've heard of stories of I've heard of stories of people uh, of of um, or I've heard of stories of our fathers talking about how he brought us out of is of Egypt. But where is he now? He's forsaken us. He's forgotten us. And now we're in the hands of the Midian. So, <clears throat> you know." Gideon, like, just reading this story, he always goes back into living in fear. He's so comfortable in living with fear that, that like I said before, like, whenever God gave him that option to live it out, to, the, to, to live out of fear, he doubted God. Instead of signing up and, and supporting the promise that, that God has given to him, he, he attacked and he blamed God for the hardship that was happening to him. You know, this, the, the, the voice that I hear from Gideon when he, say, when he says this, it's, it's the voice of a man who's, who's lost hope. The voice of the man who's, who, who sees that it's not worth fighting anymore. He's given up. He's settled onto oppression. He, he, he doesn't have much respect for himself, and he carries this, this bag of negative thoughts. That every time that, 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 that God, is, God, is, God keeps saying... Look, I'm, he, he says, he says um, the angel says to him, go in this might. He sees the passion that, that um, Gideon has. So he says, go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do I not send you? And here, but, but Gideon, he rejects that right away. And he's like, how can I? How can I set, the, set these free? I'm, I'm not, not only am I the youngest in my family, but our people, we're the, we're the, we're the least among our, our people here. The, why, why would you use us? Why would you use me? You know, and here he's already doubting God. This is, again, like this is the voice of someone who's already been beaten, who's, who comes in, a, approaches a situation, but he's not even approaching it with the, thing, with the thought of victory, but he's approaching it with the thought of losing. And many times, like like I've approached situations where I'm like, God, you want to you want to put me into ministry? I could already see myself failing. 
God, Sam just told me to preach in two weeks. I could already see myself bombing it. You know? This, this, there's, there's that thought that comes. There's those lies that come. And those lies are, once you believe those lies, you've already settled into losing. You've already settled into, um, into being defeated. And here Gideon, his voice, listening to his voice, you hear that from him. It's, it's funny though. That, that after Gideon attacks um, attacks this attacks God and he says where is God you know he's left us all this stuff blah, 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 blah. after he's done that the the um, the angel doesn't even care he doesn't even respond he doesn't even answer Gideon's question all he says all he says is go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian like like this, this negative thought, this passion that you have right here, take it, turn it around and, and see that this is the passion that, this is the passion that, that, that God is looking for, for you to, to, um, to save the hands of Mid- to save the Israel from the hand of Midian. And, 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 um, and even after, even after Gideon, goes on this whole spiel about like uh, how can I save Israel my clan is the weakest I'm the least in my father's the Lord said to him but I am with you you shall strike the Midians the Midianites as one man and this is this is all the promises if if my whole life that's the only promise that I hear from God that I am with you I think I would be satisfied but but God's but God's not like that He's more than that. His promises are more than that. He doesn't say that He's with you. He says that He loves you. He says that He's given you strength. He, he says that He's adopted you as His family. He's invited you to the table. And I think that's, that's one of the greatest things about... You see the story here on Gideon is that God was willing... God was willing to put up with Gideon even in the midst of Gideon's doubt God was saying hey I don't care what you're complaining about I don't care your, of your doubts I'm still going to use you and that's that's this gracious act of God that we see here in, in the call of Gideon and even after he, God promised that I will be with you Gideon goes and he's still he's still afraid of people. You know, if you continue to read on, he goes into his 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 father. His father. It, it sounds like his father's this rich man because there's this idol that's that's in his his father's property. And he goes and he tears it down. But he doesn't go during the day. He goes in the night. And the author puts it down that God. I mean, I puts it down that Gideon went at night because he was afraid. And then afterwards. When, when Gideon, he gathers his armies to go and to, to, to fight against the, um, the Midianites. And he went from 10,000 to 300 people. He was so afraid. Even when God promised him victory, he tested God. He said, God, I put this fleece down. If there's, if there's dew on it then, and there's not dew surrounding the grass then, or around it, then, then victory is then, uh, then what you say is true. And he says, he, he tests God over and over and over again. And we, I see this in my life. I test God over and over again where I'm like, God, if you want me, if you want me to, to, to do this ministry, then you have to, you have to, you have to 
give me the benefits. You have to make sure. You have to make sure that I have a wife. You have to make sure. You have to make sure that the that, that the that the elders support me. You have to make sure that the senior pastor sees my vision. You know. You have to make. And yes, there are there are definitely times where. There needs to be those questions, but if those are the questions that are are the deal breakers for your situation, then you ha- you have to question yourself. Mm-hmm. What's the purpose of what you're doing? Yeah. What's the reasoning of what you're doing? You know, it it these the words that the words that that uh, that this angel spoke to Gideon that saying that. I will be with you. It's the same words that God spoke to Abraham in Genesis 12. Where where God says to Abraham, go into this land. And I'll take you there and this will be your land. And I will be with you. The people that bless you, I will bless them. The people who curse you, I will go against them. I will curse them. And here, and, and then we go on into Moses where, where Moses, he, he meets God at, at the burning bush and and. God tells him to go, and then Moses is like, "How can I go? I can't, I can't, I can't even talk." And uh, if you guys went to Sight and Sound and saw the 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 Moses scene or the Moses the Moses uh, act or play or theater or whatever, um, I haven't I haven't seen it, but my friends went, and they said it's the most annoying thing to go watch Moses because Moses always stutters. <laughs> so like the actor, he stutters the whole time, and and. Uh, uh, I'm, I I like I I I just imagine like Moses is like God God but but but, but, but if, if, if if you if you if you said you know like Moses is stuttering but you know even though he doubted he doubted God 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 still provided and the, and God is always like I'm with you I'm with you and even even in you know in the gospel Matthew twenty eight. Jesus says to his disciple, Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And this is the promise that he's given to us. This is the promise that he's given to our forefathers. This is the promise that he has given to our brothers and our sisters. This is the promise that he's given to the missionaries who's gone ahead of us, the pastors who's gone ahead of us, the the, um, lay leaders who's gone ahead of us, you know. And this is the promise that he's given to us, that he is with us. So if this is the promise that God has given us, why do we fear? Why do we need to be afraid? You know, for some of us, for some of us, God's been opening doors and He's been paving roads to us, uh, paving roads right in front of us. And all we have to do is just follow. It's pretty simple, pretty cut and clear. But yet, like, we're so afraid. We're doubting. We hold back. And then there's there's others where, where we've been, like, following this paved road and we're like at our wit's end and we're bitter and we're angry at God. And I, I, I don't know where Gideon was. I think Gideon was kind of on both where 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 God was opening a way for him to, to be free, but he wasn't willing to. But yet he was he was still obeying the Lord. He still understood, he was still religious, but yet he was bitter and angry at God. But like but like when fear takes over our life. When fear takes over our life, it, it kills us. It takes the, it takes away our life instead. And and sometimes we can cover our fear with pride. 
Sometimes, sometimes even the most prideful people are the most fearful people. Sometimes the most comf- uh, confident people are the most are the ones who are the most afraid because they want to take control and they want to mask their fear. For me, like I I I I struggle with this with this with this idea of like having confidence in myself and you know. Um, Working with Sam the last this last three years and uh, in spiritual formation, like I, I know like that's like a lot of the stuff that 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 he he's uh, he's helped me walk through, and and it's all it's like I find I find that like when I become afraid, I start to take control, and when I start to and through that control, like I become very confident in myself, become very prideful in myself, and then God like knocks me over with the two by four and then I'm like okay alright I'm humbled and then I start you know there's that repetition of over and over and over again and and, and I feel like but, but God he's always like he's always dragging me along even when I don't want to be he's dragging me he's pulling me through and this is this grace that I see that God has always given me and I don't understand it I don't I don't I don't I don't know what it is but he's always He's always pulling me through. And I ask myself, Coop, like, why, why are you always looking for affirmation when the promise of God is already there? Why are you always looking, why are you always testing God when the promise of God is, when the promise of God is there? I remember my father, he told me the story of, of his last mission. Because my, my father, he was an officer in the military. He, he was with the Laotian army and he was, he, you know, he was trained with the, C, with the American CIAs. They came, they trained a bunch of Hmong people. To fight against the the communists and um, and uh, the the Viet Congs that were that were invading uh, Laos and so so his last mission he was kind of, he was a navigator so he took this high ranked general a Laotian general to go through the lands of, of Laos and and he he was a widower my mom was a widow and they met and they got married my mom was a pastor's wife my dad he was an animist, right? Shamanism, he worships spirits and stuff. And my mom, just out of desperation, knowing that that she wasn't supposed to do this, she married my father. And she married my father and, you know, the Lord blessed them with with two kids and two sons and my two older brothers. And, um, and my brother was sick but my, my my mother finally convinced my dad to take him to a pastor to pray for the to pray for my brother and finally they prayed for my brother my brother was healed right yeah. so this like just all happened but my dad he gets a call and he's like okay you have one last mission you have to take this high rank general and we have to go you have to go through Laos and make sure and realize that we cannot win this war and then and then and then come back and then we're we're shipping you guys out to U.S. Uh, to the U.S. You know, so that was my dad's last mission, and so he went on this like three month, three month navigation, being chased because they knew that this high rank general was with them, right? So he was being chased, and they were climbing through the mountains and stuff, and they got to the border of the Mekong River. The Mekong River was what separated um, Laos from Thailand, and in Thailand was where the refugee camps were. And my mom was there, my you know my brothers were there. My, my dad's family was they were all there and my dad he knew that the Viet Congs have surrounded him and they, they, their mission was to capture this general because the, the Viet Congs knew that they captured this general 
then they would win the, the war for sure. And so my dad, the general comes up to my dad and said, hey, you're the general now. My life is in your hands. I don't know what to do anymore. I have no, I have no authority because I, I am done. And so my dad, who, who recently had been exposed to Christianity, and he doesn't know anything about God, he goes to this field by himself, and he gets on his knees, and he tests his God. He says, God, if you're real, you'll get me through this. If you're not, I'm going to die here. And, and, and still, God was faithful to him. Still, God was faithful to him. God took him through, and there was this little passageway where he got all his men across, and the general across, and then finally he got across, and, and he was safe, and he got, to the, he got to the refugee camp. And there, my father still doubted God. Afterwards, we moved to Wisconsin, and we moved to Pennsylvania. My father still doubted God. He didn't. He, he went out with his brothers and all this stuff. And, and still, he still doubted God. It was until when we moved to Lancaster, Pennsylvania, away from his family, away from everything, that, that he, he started going to church. And then he, it, real, it came to him that, okay, if I'm in it, then my whole family's in it. If I'm not in it, then my family's not going to be in it. So he decided to go to church, and that's when we started going to church, started to, to be serious. Uh, he started to be serious with the Lord. And so, so there, we all have different stories. We all have different walks in life. We all have different thoughts and different ideas, different experiences. But, but God, is, God has placed this promise in us. He's, he's given us visions and dreams and, and many times we've been afraid. Many, many times we've been, we've been uh, like Gideon, where we doubt God, we test God, we, we challenge God to do these miracles for us so that, so that we, we, we can get uh, a second opinion or I mean, a, a, a second assurance. But yet God still uses us. So, so just, just, for, just for today, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I don't want to like, to do this like prayer time or anything, but I just I just want you guys to think and to ponder. What are what are some some of these visions and these dreams that God has given you? Could be recently, could be ten years ago, twenty years ago, you know, a long time ago. Could be recently. What are these fears and what are these or what are these reasons or dreams and visions that God's been given given to you? And what's been the fears that's been holding you back? What's what's the doubt that's been holding you back? Now I, I remember I remember this one pastor. He he was uh, was actually oh I think it was, it was Francis Chen. If you guys know him, he 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 challenged his congregation once, and I was listening to him, and it really hit me hard because he says he says he says most of the times when God gives us these promises and these visions or these dreams and these futures. We're, we're so afraid and we always ask God, God, what if this happens? What if I, what if I get hurt? What if, what if my family is unsafe? What if I lose money? What if I lose my insurance, my benefits? What if I, I lose my pride? What if I lose my face in front of my family? And, and he challenged his congregation. I challenge you guys too with this. Is that that you, you, you start answering that, God, even if, even if I lose my money, even if I lose my my life, even if I lose my face in front of my family, like I want to do this. And again, like I I, I want to tell you guys, like this is not about being rebellious. This is about 
This is about honoring what God has called us and doing what God has called us to do. And so I leave you guys with that. And I want to bless you guys. I want to just pray over you guys. And then we could continue from there. Lord, you've been so good to us. You have been so faithful to us. And you've promised us that that you are there with us. You've promised us that, that, that you'll never leave us. Yes, Father, our life is not long enough to be living in fear. Our life is not long enough to be oppressed by doubt. That your truth and your faithfulness overcomes all of that. Your word and your promises overcomes all of that. But Lord, you you tell us that that you will never leave us because you you already know that we will doubt, that we will fear, that we will question you. And you've already given an answer to us. So Lord, we thank you. I want to bless this church, bless the leaders here, bless this um, the, the time that they, they come together, that we come together together as a family. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to Pursuit Cast. For more information on the ministry of Pursuit NYC, please visit us on the web at www.pursuitnyc.org. Revival or bust.